Det här är Martin på vardagsprepping i Sverige. Patrik. Ja, Martin. Nu är vi i USA och spelar in Prepping 2.0 tillsammans med dem. Det är rätt spännande. Mycket spännande. <laughs> Helt fantastiskt. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0. With authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in 3, 2, 1. Welcome everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. Joined by my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. Well, hello, Shelby. I wanted to let folks know that we have resources for you here at Prepping 2.0 if you are considering something you really ought to be considering, and that is relocating from a blue state to a red state. And two of the hottest red states to go to are Montana and Tennessee. Well, we got you covered here at Prepping 2.0. We have a Montana realtor and a Tennessee realtor who are sponsors of the show. Thank you very much. And they are not just realtors that you just, you go on Google and you Google Tennessee realtor or Montana realtor and you get what you get. Maybe you get somebody who doesn't understand the full spectrum of things that are involved in relocating. It's more than just buying a house somewhere. Relocating is a much bigger project and you need somebody who's got the mindset for relocation and who is a prepper themselves. And that would be in Montana, Jared Savick, and in Tennessee, Lizzie McDaniel. You can get their contact information by going on to the Prepping 2.0 Relocation Realtor Referral website, which is redstate-realtors.com, redstate-realtors.com. And go ahead and click on Montana to talk to Jared and, and or click on Tennessee to talk to Lizzie. You're gonna be really glad if you wanna relocate to those states that you picked an absolute expert for those two states. So now I wanted to speak to the lurkers. Ni som är smygare som inte stöttar Prepping 2.0 på Patreon. Ni missar ju faktiskt en hel del av de frågorna som vi svarar på. Fast vi gör det på engelska. Oh, that wasn't me speaking. That was Swedish. Glenn doesn't speak Swedish. Ha, tricked you. That was lurkers come out of the shadows in Swedish. Why do uh, we have Swedish speakers on the line? Well, that's because we have, as our guests, we have Martin and Patrick of Vardogsprepping.se. I think I said that correctly. Um, gentlemen, why don't you say hello to our listeners and tell them a little bit about yourselves and a little bit about your prepping podcast in Sweden. Sure. Um, so uh, my name is Martin and I, I'm the founder of Vardas Prepping. I'm happy that you pronounce it correctly, Glenn. You're welcome to come to Sweden anytime now. So, <laughs> um, our mission in life, with the, we, 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 do, we both have a blog, a YouTube channel and a podcast, which is, well, a bit much. But um, our mission in life is to actually make Swedish people become more prepared. And um, I think we'll talk about, we'll touch upon that later in the show. But but we just want the, the ordinary people, you know, that get their all their food from, from um, instant delivery and so on to just wake up and realize that, hey, we need to, to prepare ourselves. If, even if it's just for a week or a month, um, yeah, something like that. I'm a, I'm an IT guy, so um, I've seen uh, some scary things happening the last couple of years, and that's one of the one one of one of the things that made me uh, want to become more prepared. Yes, Pat- my name is Patrick, and I'm a teacher in Sweden in social science, history, religion, religion, and geography, and I'm Martin's co-host. Since April 2021. We've had a great journey. Absolutely. (laughs) And just started. Well, I'm going to ask the question, just jumping into this. And I, um, I think, and we've talked about this previously, gentlemen, Sweden has a fascinating history with prepping 
and um, unrest in the world. Give us a little snapshot of that, because I, I think this is so fascinating. Patrick, you're the history teacher, please. Okay, thank you. <laughs> the government in Sweden has always wanted the citizens to be prepared. In the 1960s to 1990, the last 15 pages in the telephone book held instructions about how to be prepared in case of a war with the Soviet. And then in 1990s, there was a total collapse and dismantling of the defense in Sweden, with the military defense and the civil part, followed by 20 years of uh, almost nothing. Then Russia expanded again in Georgia in 2014 in Ukraine. And that was a warning to the government. And in 2018, they sent out a pamphlet when crisis and war comes to all the Swedish households. That and now COVID and tension in the Baltic Sea right now had lifted the need to be prepared. That's a little bit of the Swedish history. Um, I, I note from that pamphlet, which is an amazing thing to read. It came out in English, too, because as uh, you can tell from my mispronunciations, I am not fluent in Swedish. I don't even know any Swedish, but um, it, I was glad you guys put it out in English. Your government did. One of the things that really brought home to me how serious the Swedish government was about preparing its people for possible invasion by Russia uh, was the part of the pamphlet that said if if there are reports that the king and queen of Sweden have abdicated the throne or left the country or abandoned the country, know in advance that those claims are false. That's serious, serious business. So you guys have a big problem. And I know that uh, not this isn't the World Affairs uh, podcast, but I know that Sweden is is considering possibly uh, partnering with NATO right now, given the tensions with Russia. And that is a, a great departure from traditional Swedish neutrality. So I want folks to know that there's a very listeners to know who may not be familiar with Swedish foreign policy, that uh, there's a very significant threat and that it's 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 something to prepare for. Well, what are some things that you encourage Swedes to do when it comes to being prepared? I, I can start, Patrick, and you can you can um, fill in any things I forget. But we want we want people to because a lot of things have happened in Sweden um, uh, after the Cold War. So we've become, I usually call it that we're damaged by peace, that nothing has happened for so long. And we also don't, we, we don't have natural disasters. The, the, the only natural disaster we have that is, uh, uh, well, prominent is forest fires. We don't have earthquakes. We don't have um, tornadoes or typhoons or anything like that. So we, we become... I think you call it complacent, that we're just so good about not having to care about anything. And at the same time, in, in the, the other parts, which are really close, bad things are happening and the tension is rising. So, but it's not only about war and, and foreign countries um, escalating troop movements and stuff like that. We also see in Sweden or in Europe that there has been a big movement away from nuclear power. And anyone who's well knows about energy, I don't know that much, but I know that nuclear power, aside from that, it, it could be dangerous if, if something bad happens. It's also a constant flow of energy. But we've gone on a journey to to remove nuclear power and replace it with water power and wind power and also natural gas. And guess where that comes from? 
that comes from Russia <laughs> or the US. So we put ourselves in a position where we, um, well, uh, wind power and, and um, water power, something happens when it becomes really cold. And that is that these um, powers, they tend to lose their effects because water, when it's frozen, it doesn't flow. And also when it's really cold, at least um, where we have our, our wind um, power plants, um, the, the wind doesn't blow that much and the power plants doesn't work. They don't work that good. So we, we've actually, um, we are actually in an energy crisis. So, so these are just two examples of, of things that we talk about that's so important for people just to start preparing. Make sure that you have an alternative heat, heat source in your apartment. Make sure you have food. We also see the, the supply chain disruption uh, hitting us uh, right now. Patrick, uh, uh, did I miss anything? Because the, 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 these are the three things we talk about, we're talking about right now. Yeah, other things in Sweden are the a lot of shootings yeah. between gangs. Between gangs, last year, twenty twenty one, we had uh, three hundred and forty two shootings, and that's pretty much for a small country with ten million inhabitants. And there are a lot of uh, hand grenades and other explosives used by the gang in Sweden. One of the the most dangerous things. They mm. put explosives in families outside family's house. That's pretty scary. That brings up a good question because, um, and that's we we have about ten minutes before we need to take a break or so. But um, fire the the ownership of firearms is a very different um, thing. Different culturally different, um, it's managed different in Sweden than it is in the United States. But you just hit on the same nerve that we're feeling here in America. And I'd love to hear kind of your story and perspective of it. We, we in America, for the most part, depending on where you live, are allowed to, unless you're, you know, a nefarious person, you're, we're allowed to own firearms. And um, you are not. Yet, what I'm hearing you say, Patrick, is that Criminals, non-law-abiding citizens, gangs, that to me, those are people who probably shouldn't have firearms and um, are committing firearms crimes. So it seems universally true that, gosh, if we disarm the regular population, the criminals will still get a hold of guns and still commit crimes, which makes us, those of us who are law-abiding, defenseless. That's the logic that I have there. And but I also understand we're crossing cultures here. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I can start. We have, a, um, we have strict policies that you need to be either a hunter or a sportsman, um, well, participating in, in shooting events um, to, to own a gun. Uh, but, and then even if you actually start using that in self-defense, you're very, uh, and Patrick, you, please correct me if I'm wrong, but if you would use your hunting rifle to defend yourself, you would probably be uh, on the bad side. You would probably you, uh, lose that, um, uh, what do you call it? The license. Yeah. And you would probably end up in Yale. Yeah. So, so um, but that's, I also I, I thought about this because the the the, the differences in, in between the U.S. and Swedish is so so big when it comes to guns. But I wanted to also ask you a question, something that's been been um, maybe in my uh, piece damaged brain. But um, if I own a gun uh, and there is some uh, hostility. Uh, there is a saying that the, 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 the only guy walks away from the gunfight is the first one shooting. So how, what are your, your thoughts about using uh, weapons in self-defense? Would, uh, would you use that as a, like to scare people off or would you actually use it aggressively 
uh, towards an intruder. Because that's something we discuss as well. We call it the, the capital of violence, that you, you have this you have all these violent um, weapons and how do you use them? Yeah, the answer is if you feel your life is threatened, you can use, and I'm generalizing, um, but it's pretty universally true in the U.S. You can use reasonable force to defend yourself or others. Um, Some states you can use reasonable force, which would include drawing a weapon It would also include shooting a weapon if you need to. And it's all dependent on the circumstances. If there's a a little old lady who's taking your newspaper, you know, that's not a reasonable use of force. But if there are three or four bad guys with knives and there's one of you, then shooting them starts to become a reasonable force. Mm -hmm. And so you can, uh, in, in some states, you can use reasonable force to, protect your property, not many, because the idea is that property can be replaced, but human life cannot. So you can use, if somebody breaks into your house, for example, and I'm also generalizing, but it's pretty true, and you have a firearm, you lawfully have a firearm, and the the only, essentially the only way to not lawfully own a firearm in the United States is to be a convicted felon. And so if you lawfully, you're not a felon, you're, you're a law-abiding citizen, somebody breaks into your house and you use a gun to shoot them, um, you're, you're not going to go to jail. You might get charged. Um, we have a, a sponsor, U.S. Law Shield, that provides insurance for people who are involved in self-defense situations. So it's, it's a pretty serious um, situation if you've got an insurance mm-hmm. market for something. But you would be okay most of the time it all comes down to what's reasonable now if the Mm. bad guy breaks into your house and uh sees you and runs away and is outside your house and you shoot him in the back that's not reasonable because you can only use reasonable force to stop the threat and you can't use force to go and arrest somebody technically you can it's called a citizen's arrest but i wouldn't count on it so that's an overview of how um the self-defense laws in the United States work. And we do have estimates of the federal government are 410 million guns in this country. That's one for, you know, one in a 1.2 guns for every person in this country. And we, we don't have, given how many guns we have that much gun violence when you think about 400 million guns. So that's an overview of our self-defense laws. Um, And it sounds like it's very different in Sweden. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, and I think that's that's just something that that we, I mean, you you you're used to the law, um, and we we've become used to that. But but on the other side, the, the criminals, they don't go um, and study to get to get a certain an exam in hunting to get a rifle. They have other means of of getting the their automatic rifles and so on. So. Hmm. Yeah, it's a difficult situation, uh, but I think the mentality is completely different as well when it comes to to uh, lawful, law-abiding citizens in Sweden. That we we're used to not to not needing handguns in some way. Absolutely, the black market in Sweden exploded, in Europe exploded after the Balkan War. They could, there were a lot of handguns and, uh, from that war in Sweden now. I'm going to just give a quick shout out to our wonderful sponsors. U.S. Law Shield, speaking of defending yourself, um, the U.S. Law Shield is a great uh, way to ensure yourself if you find yourself in a self-defense situation. Um, one of our other great sponsors, Katie Armour, great folks over there. They specialize in steel body plates. Again, talk about defending yourself. Um, This is steel body plates for the everyday citizen. And Katie's is spelled C-A-T-I, stands for Katie Armour. Other great sponsor of ours, Backwoods Home Magazine, great repository of information every quarter sent to your home on how to homestead and prep. My Kind CBD, great high quality CBD oil for all kinds of uses. 
Um, check them out at our website at prepping2-0.com. Check out all of our sponsors at our website and look up the wonderful coupon codes there. Numana Foods will help you get your preps up and going with the bulk freeze-dried food. Minutemen Coffee, as you know, I'm sitting here sipping it. Big, huge cup of wonderful, warm caffeine. Love them. Great folks over there. EMP Shield, they have developed a device to protect your devices from a coronal mass ejection or an EMP. Again, check out all of our awesome sponsors over at prepping2-0.com. Click on Friends and Affiliates. Save yourself a little bit of money. Well, another question for you guys is how does the climate of Sweden, which is you guys have cold winters, it's probably pretty similar to Montana. I mean, I'm speaking about, you know, uh, Stockholm and, and the more populated areas. Obviously, Sweden goes all the way up north into the Arctic and not many people live there. So that's not what I'm talking about. But I mean, you're, the climate where most of the people in Sweden live uh, is pretty cold. How does that affect the prepping mindset? Because in the United States, when you have cold winters, you tend in a place the people in that place tend to be pretty open to preparedness because they're used to being snowed in for a week or two. They understand that you can't just go to the grocery store and, and get a bag of Doritos whenever you want one. So how does the, the climate of Sweden uh, affect the prepping mindset? And we have about two minutes. Yeah. So I, I think that's more, dependent on if you're in um, if you live in a city or if you live out in the countryside because if if we move a bit a bit more north they are they are they, they are not preppers but they live and breathe prepping if you know what I mean um, but when you come like in Stockholm um, when it starts to snow the 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 metro or the subway or the trains or the buses they stop working because oh my god it's snowing and we we know this because it comes every day every year in our country but we're still not prepared as as a as society so i think we're a bit spoiled in the the cities in sweden but when you come out to the countryside you will meet the real preppers that don't call themselves preppers basically so it's a huge difference as well uh, between people um, when it comes to countryside versus cities. And that sounds pretty similar to the United States. Obviously, rural places are more used to having to take care of themselves and not having government take care of everything for them. Um, I wanted to note that on the other side of the break, which is coming up very shortly, we're going to have questions from Patreons. And that's one of the other benefits of being a Patreon supporter of this show is you get to ask our guests questions. We didn't give the guests any advance notice of what the questions are, so their answers will be very fresh. And in looking at these questions, I think you're going to really enjoy as the listener hearing the questions and hearing their answers. So when we come back on the other side of the break, we're going to have Patreon questions for Martin and Patrick of Fardargs.se. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. You are only as safe as your gear. Rely on TAC Niner, premium tactical survival gear. TAC Niner, spelled T-A-C, the digit 9-E-R.com. Tactical gloves, lights, poles, trenching, and more. See the full line at TACNiner.com. Gear up and save money when you mention Glenn and Shelby. Use the code TACNiner-P20 at checkout and save 20% on tactical gloves. TACNiner, premium, high-performance survival gear that is built to last. 
PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love new mana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple-to-install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Abe Lincoln here. In 1773, patriots broke the chains of British tyranny by throwing tea into Boston Harbor. On that day, Americans began drinking coffee. We celebrate that event daily here at Minutemen Coffee. All men are created equal. <laughs> coffee is not. Minutemen Coffee is roasted to perfection in small batches. Old, smooth, and never bitter. Shipped to you fresh daily. Whole bean, ground, or our patented pods. www.minutemencoffee.com Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everyone. This is Prepping 2.0 with Shelby Gallagher and Glenn Tate. Thank you so much for coming back after the break. Before we get into Patreon questions, I wanted to ask Martin and Patrick, and I think this is so fascinating. Sweden has a history, specifically the Swedish government, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, gentlemen, of being prepared themselves, of stockpiling food for their citizenry, of stockpiling um, supplies. And that is since dismantled. And I'd love to hear kind of the history about that and, and your thoughts on that. Yeah, so first off, when when um, when you, Glenn and Shelby, went to our show and were guests, we talked a bit about this. Um, and I know, Shelby, you were quite shocked when we talked about the gas masks. That I told you that every citizen had a gas mask um, if in case of, a, of a, a chemical warfare situation or something like that. And we told you also that we burned all of those masks. And, and Shelby, I think the picture you had in your mind that was that we, we actually had the gas masks in our apartments or in our houses, that they were sent to us as individuals. 
and that we like gathered on um, the the town square and we just put fire on them. But that wasn't the case because they, these were were actually also uh, put in uh, warehouses, and it was the well not the government but the the the, the people um, responsible for for that. Um, well, when they dismantled it, they came to the com- conclusion that it's it's easier to just burn and convert them to energy than to um, uphold the well, uh, you know, uh, take care of the of the products. So that's a big shock. Um, and yes, we 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 actually do during COVID when when it when it hit Sweden. We didn't even have spare uh, gloves or uh, face masks or anything for the uh, well for the medical uh, care. What do you call it? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, well, no, for just the, peop- the med- yeah medical community taking care of COVID patients. Yeah. Absolutely. They didn't have the extra equipment that was needed because everything was dismantled. So I think that was a wake up call for a lot of people that. Hey, we we don't have any preparedness anymore. But but now, since I think it's February last year, right, Patrick? Um, we have we actually have started to rebuild this, the the total civil defense. Um, so we're starting to to well, to we've started to prepare the, the society again. That's a long process. It takes a year mm. to dismantle everything, and then it takes 15, 20 years to build it up again. Yeah. It's sad. Very sad, but it's mm. now uh, it's going in the right direction again. Yeah. Well, excellent. Well, now Did I'd that, like... Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just wanted to know if that answered your question, yeah. Shelby. Uh, it does. Thank you. Mm. And um, just to clarify, I... I I did not think that everyone was just kind of handed out, but I did know that they were warehoused somehow and Mm. that there was a system for that. But what broke my heart was just the burning of such a resource Mm. that made my heart hurt. So anyway, so yeah, that's so I don't relive that moment. We'll go on to Patreon questions. Well, yeah. And so our first Patreon question comes from Moose. And he says, how does it feel to be the second best Nordic country? And why is Norway so amazing? And then he says, no, just kidding. The real question, are there any particular preps that you put together due to where you live or the situation on the ground in Sweden that may be surprising to an American audience? So what is a a prep that you do in Sweden that might surprise an American audience? That's that's a hard one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think there is anything. We no. have the same need. We have the same needs, everybody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, I, that makes sense. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Well, our next question, Shelby, why don't you go ahead and ask the questions? Let me ask that question again. What kind of Islamic or ethnicity-focused terrorist groups do you see? And what civil unrest trends do you see? And how do you prepare for them? Mm. I, I think, I think um, about terrorism, um, it's so difficult to prep for. So, so what we, and I mean, in, in Sweden, we have... Um, the, the the civil unrest and all the things happening in Sweden, I, I think it's difficult to draw a line and say, hey, hey this is uh, uh, terrorism due to religion and this is terrorism due to biker gangs and this is terrorism due to um, well, criminality. So what we um, advise our listeners is never to let go of um, situational awareness. Stop using your, um, I, what do you call it, AirPods with the, with oh, the goodness, yes. noise cancelling. Just be aware. And, and we actually, we have uh, 
asked our listeners to do um, games. Like you can, uh, when you go into a big shopping mall and you're supposed to meet your friend, uh, start uh, practicing who sees the other one first. And also uh, having a wide open mind and a wide open uh, view of everything when you're on the streets. So I don't think, I mean, we see, we see terrorism um, that is based on religion. But I mean, terrorism, terrorism is, is always um, whatever religion is behind it or whatever thought process is behind it. Uh, when you're when you're the victim, it doesn't matter. So, so we just we just want our people and our listeners to be aware all the time. Uh, keep your eyes and ears open at all time, because uh, Sweden is not that safe of a country anymore. To, uh, yes. and, and, and if something happened, you should be prepared and know first aid. Mm. We talk a lot a lot about that. You have yeah. to take care of yourself or your your neighbors or family mm. if something happens. Very yeah. good. Very good. Awesome. It's it's universal advice. Absolutely. What we call situational awareness. And what I always say is you are your first responder. So go ahead. Glenn has a question. One of the parts of Max Miller's question was, what civil unrest trends do you see and how do you prepare for them? Let me uh, bring up a somewhat difficult topic in Sweden, and that is, it's my understanding, I could be wrong, that there are some cities like Malmo, I believe, in uh, Sweden, in which there's a majority Muslim population and there are news stories of no-go zones in which the Swedish police just won't go into certain areas because they are unwelcome, to put it mildly. Is there a concern among some Swedes about some sort of uh, unrest breaking out in these majority Muslim cities and that causing riots and things like that. I know you've had that uh, to some degree in the past, but is that something that Swedes actively prepare for? I don't know, Patrick, you're, you're clo closer to, to Malmö than me, but we have our, our no-go zones in, in the suburbs of Stockholm as well. So, so yes, uh, that is a problem. Um, and how to prepare, prepare for those, that's really difficult. But we, we had actually a discussion with a, with a guest talking about this. And just, I mean... I'm in the city center, city center of Stockholm. Um, should I be worried where if, if um, um, a blackout occurs that these um, um, no-go zone people come to the city to rob us, basically? But but um, so that's an interesting topic, and, and probably the the answer would be not likely because they would they are still in the in the mindset of protecting their community from outside um, people uh, because that, they have a, like a, I think you call it a gated community, but community, but in the opposite way. So, but, but that, that's, re, that's actually, yes, that's a concern because the no-go zones in, in Stockholm, uh, we don't go there. Uh, so the, the medical care don't go there. Uh, the police, they, well, they try to go there to talk to people and make, making sure that, hey, <clears throat> uh, police are actually the good guys. Please don't uh, be our opponents and stuff like that. But, it, but it's so, so difficult because, I don't know. Patrick, do you have anything intelligent to say? <laughs> Maybe something, but... We failed in integration. Yeah, we have. That's a big, big, big mistake in Sweden. We had a lot of new people in Sweden, and we totally. Yeah, we failed to make them. We failed totally failed. To, to us, yeah. Totally, and that's uh, that's a problem. And there are about forty-five no-go zones in Sweden. 
Sweden is not a big country. So that's mm. pretty much. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's that's interesting to hear your perspective on that. And, and I can hear the sadness in your voice and that there, when you want to hear you say we failed to do this, it's like there are opportunities lost to make things better. But, that, but anyway, moving on to happier um, uh, next comment from one of our uh, listeners. This is from, I'm going to say his name right, Bjorn Godfridsson. Good Swedish name. Great Swedish name. Yes. Or Norwegian, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So he, so you might get a taste oh, yes. of where he's from. He says, I agree with Moose, which was the previous um, commenter. My ancestors agree as well. Just because we went to South Africa, then America, doesn't mean anything. Side note, Norwegian, Afrikaner, English is probably the weirdest thing you've ever heard. Yeah. His question is this. I think that's funny. Here in America, we try to prep for many things, but is now looking like a slow economy collapse with political violence coming. Not asking for prediction, but what you feel is your in your gut is the thing you think is going to affect you most. Government, shortages, rioters. I thought about typing in Norwegian for better understanding, but with my horrible language mixes, it might be worse to understand than those silly Danes and the thing they call language. I love it when this when this listener comments because yeah, you can hear his accent in the words. So, gentlemen, what do you think of Bjorn's question? Any thoughts? In in a long term, I think our greatest threat in the world is China. They're spending a huge huge amount of money in different countries and making them totally dependent on them. And all that, that countries have to pay back some time in one way or another. And uh, the world is to- totally dependent on imports from China. And uh, that's one thing that have to, have to change. China is threat number one, absolutely in my eyes, in the long term. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and also... Um, what what we see, uh, I think we talked about this, Patrick, in a, in a recent episode. What we're seeing as a, as a threat on the horizon, I see, I see huge problems with COVID, and I don't mean the pandemic. I mean the aftermath. People not coming to work because they need to be home for a week. That's a rule in Sweden now. That if you even if you're just having a cold, you need to be home as if you had COVID until you show no symptoms and some days after that. And that would have that will have an impact on all the, the companies in Sweden. And at the same time, we have the supply chain disruptions. They're not hitting us as much as I believed because I, I saw... Like uh, I, I anticipated um, shelves on in stores being empty, but that's not the case. But we're seeing more and more of that. And also to that, to add to that, I see that we're we're in a we're in a, a bad situation when it comes to economics in Sweden and the world. But the stock market is racing like a rocket, and that gives me an indication that something is terribly wrong, and probably will crash somehow, uh, which will lead to um, unemployment, which will further, uh, well, add to to the entire problem. So I I think, and what Patrick, what you said, the the dependency of of China, it's actually scary because you can go into a Swedish owned uh, shop um, and you can, you, you might want to buy, let's see, I want to buy, um, rice, and that's from China. Or I want to buy cheap something, cheap, uh, say, some food like corn. And if you have a look, it's actually not from Sweden. In some cases, that's also from China. And just adding all these things, I, I think I, I, you, I, I, I am... Um, call this that we're building a house of cards and it's blowing right now so um, yeah 
Uh, we, that was a lot yeah. of things we're preparing for. <laughs> we all seen Game of Thrones, and we we all have been hiding behind the wall a long time, but now the wall is crackling of all the threats. But we do, we we don't know which one is gonna break the wall totally. No. But we know that something is. Or as you wrote in your book, Shelby, the storm is coming. I see you read my book since the last time we talked. Thank you yeah. so much. That's so funny. So Glenn's going to ask the, this really insightful to hear that, that we're, uh, we did a, a question answer with some of our Patreons in the last few weeks on our show, asking them what they learned from 2021 and predictions for 2022. Your predictions are very similar to our Patreons. And the word that we use to describe it all is just instability and we're hearing the same thread of instability in what you describe as as our patrons have described so but um glenn's going to take the next question yeah actually before i read the next patreon question um i i have a question of my own and it relates to economics it's my understanding and so correct me if i'm wrong that sweden is almost entirely uh using digital uh money for transactions um it's not i don't think cash has been outlawed but i think that it's very rarely used and so is that true because if it is hacking into the payment processing systems could really could really cripple sweden if nobody has any cash on hand so what's the situation with electronic methods of payment in sweden Yeah, they're they're dominant. Um, we did um, that. Yeah, we, I, I think um, and that's a strange thing because the government tells us, please um, have cash <laughs> stuffed in your other preps. But we actually we we suffered a big IT attack uh, this summer. Um, which was actually uh, targeted towards an American company, but well, everything is connected. So one of our, our biggest, biggest um, uh, chains of um, food shops, they had to shut everything down. A whole week. A whole week. And you couldn't even pay with cash because their registers were connected to the internet and no one knows how to how to to count money so that's a big problem and we see all the time we see our uh, digital means of, of purchasing purchasing things we have a, a service called swish which is fantastic when it when it works but we can see that go down like what would you say patrick once a month yes for a day yeah and and I, 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 since I work in the IT industry, I know for certainty that no, that it wasn't the the person cleaning, well, cleaning the offices that by mistake pulled the plug and everything went down. This is a targeted attack every time. So, so that's also something we talk about with our listeners, and we recommend them not only to to have cash but also to use it because when we use cash, we demand that our shops uh, accept cash, but that's a big, big, big problem as well. When we move, because we've had this um, uh, idea of total digitalization. So most of our services are did, uh, what do you call, uh, digital right now. <laughs> so we're in the front there. But at the same time, we're lacking security. Um, so, so this is a big issue for Sweden. How many percent, Patrick, how many percent of the transactions, do you remember, are made in cash? I think it's just a couple of percent, yeah, right? Five, maybe maybe mm. five. Yeah. Yeah, and the, your, your Russian adversaries have been known to try to cripple uh, financial networks of, of countries. They've, they've done it in Ukraine and it's one of their tools in their toolbox for warfare. Um, so that's a major concern, I guess. Well, our next Patreon question comes from Maria Gardner 
And she asks, what are you most concerned that could happen in the next couple of years? And we have about four minutes before we go into the after show. You want to start, Patrick? We talked about a lot of things that can happen. I think uh, Russia will flexing its muscle again a lot more. And uh, the Arctic region is a new possibility to get the raw materials and use new transport lanes. We see both China and, and Russia want to have that. And when the ice is melting, there are a lot of a lot of stuff. And that's attention. I think that one will explode mm. in some some way. Yeah, we're we're in the middle between China, Russia, and the U.S. Let's not forget the U.S. because I think there is some interest in Ar the Arctic region <laughs> there as well. <laughs> no, but I, I would agree as well. Um, and as I said before, um, the, uh, when this um, house of cards, when it starts, um, well, falling, I think we'll, there will be no end to the possibilities of misery because everything is connected everything is built upon this this um, uh, stability of the house of cards and when you put up when you pull out the card from beneath like oil or energy bad things happen absolutely well our next one actually shelby can read our next one ed morris um yeah so and this this may take us into the after show and i think it's very timely right now and you hit on it a little bit but i'd love to hear more details and we'll just interrupt you and cut you off when we need to go on the after show but the question is how are you personally dealing with the global communists in your country if you have any hmm. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know if you had an answer to that. The global communist. That's a. I know it's a. It's a strange um, t uh, title. I mean, Glenn, could you? I think out? what the question relates to is globalists and or communists, and I don't know that there are. Correct me if I'm wrong. I've never really heard of Sweden having a, a, a strong communist party or communist presence I, I i guess the question would be you know globalism and you guys have touched on it you've talked talked about the digitized um payment processing system you've talked about the chinese threat so i think you've pretty much covered this and now shelby's gonna take us out of the regular show and uh we'll we'll resume these great questions in the after show available to patreon supporters so very much appreciate you joining us, gentlemen, for our regular show. Um, like Glenn just said, join us in the after show. Um, if you're a Patreon, consider joining so you can hear the continuations of our really compelling conversations. And folks, don't forget from one of our great patriots of America, from Benjamin Franklin, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.